and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we dive into today's video, I want to call attention to our travels in October. October 22nd, you can find me in Jacksonville at their public library for the Comic and Zine Fest there. The end of the month, October 28th to the 30th, we will be at Baltimore Comic Con, the birthplace of Cartoonist Kayfabe. And you can find Ed and Uncle Jeff Darrow at Tokyo Comic Con, November 25th through the 27th. It is also Kayfabe Tober Month. So if you haven't started yet, start drawing. A lot of great prompts here. We're about halfway through the month and it has been amazing watching everybody's drawings come in. Uh, hard to keep up with all of them. I looked it up the other day and there were over 5,000 hashtags for Kayfabe Tober. So uh, keep those drawings coming. It is amazing to see and uh, show off, man. Take a bow if you guys are out there and you're part of the creative community. Do some drawings, tag cartoonist Kayfabe and uh, let everybody enjoy it. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comic books that we make at Piscor's Red Room, Trigger Warnings, and the Antisocial Network are both in stores now wherever you buy comics or find books. Pick those up. They are self-contained, so you can start with either volume and get a completely satisfactory story and uh, available now everywhere. Hulk Grand Design, Monster Madness. This is a retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. Both issues are out today in comic shops, and there'll be an oversized collection, fluorescent green. You can't miss it in January, but you need to pre-order that one now so that Marvel knows how many to print. Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, back in print after almost a year. Eight complete stories of the homeless ninja on a skateboard, perfect for the action comic fan in your life. And speaking of action comics, one of the best out of the 1970s, the Hands of Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, and the reason we're looking at this, Paul Galassi. Uh, probably one of his first big achievements in comics was his artwork on Master of Kung Fu, and I don't want to linger on the cover since that is not Galassi, and we are here for, for his mark. But he only inks two issues of this legendary run, and so we thought we would look at one of those issues. Uh, this is number 40, The Murder Agency, and he is handling pencils and inks. And man, comics didn't really look like this. He really set... Uh, a tone for this comic and everybody else who worked on this comic they had to rise to Paul Galisi standards we're talking Mike Zek we're talking poor Gene Day like died at the drawing board basically trying to keep up with the level of craft that Paul Galisi kind of established up front and look at the verbosity that is it Doug Munch or McGregor? I always Doug, Doug, Doug Munch. Yeah. Uh, verbal diarrhea. Wrote the whole 124, 125 issue run, Doug Munch. Fascinating. Like it's 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 that era where like Marv Wolfman's big sort of graphic novel is Tomb of Dracula, and Doug Munch is is uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, and these are left of center Marvel comics that don't have the expectations of being on underoos and stuff. So they were able to like actually like create a little wing for themselves. Yes, yeah, street level in that, uh, especially this one, it's an agent, an agency of like agents fighting around the globe, uh, kind of spy-like stories, and of which Shang-Chi is one of the members of this group. I love this drawing, man, the pants and stuff and the way yeah. the shadows are on one side, so precise whenever he inks himself. Um, it reminds me of like the uh, gentleman's paperbacks, you know, things like Executioner and Destroyer right. and all that stuff. And it surprises me that this wasn't a whole genre of comics, you know? It seems like those kinds of, like, B-movie tropes would fit really well in comics. And I think uh, Masters of Kung Fu is, is kind of proof of that concept. It, yeah, it's true. Like, it goes away. It's perhaps ahead of its time. Because if it was the 80s, you know, when the Stallones and the Schwarzeneggers and the Steve Seagals were out, like, this fits in with that. But, like, 
there wasn't that much stuff like that in the 70s really was there yeah there's exploitation exploitation movies, movies b movies but that's kind of stuff so it's a b comic like right. why would you would you have several b comics when you could just have another spider-man title fair uh, enough glacy strikes me as a guy we, we've heard of a few comic book artists who aren't that into the superhero stuff yeah you know they don't want to draw that and i wonder if that's something with glacy i've never seen that written about him feels like it right but man yeah it's, it's this is like uh in the tradition of a steranko shield where you know it's i hate to say regular people but it's not superheroes you know it's like chandler like if we want to be be specific in a certain way because the 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 sort of craft level is kind of that level of steranko in terms of how it's informed uh Bruce Lee all over the place. So this is this fits into Bruce exploitation. There you go. In a certain way, like at and some issues, like Mike Zek is straight up like I know the photos that he's right. using to make this stuff. Glacy's so good with shadows. You know that's really cool with the double lighting. But you'll see consistently it's shadows and it's attention to things like what people are wearing and the interiors of where they're doing this stuff. There's so much detail in these rooms. You wonder what his morgue file looks like, what he's pulling from to uh, to kind of decorate these worlds. And it's part of the appeal. If you're going to do kind of international spy stories, you need cool cars. You need these different locations. And uh, he, he delivers. See, even the storytelling sensibility uh, has has some Steranko in it. That's a, that's a great sequence. I forget what that's called, where you kind of extend your backgrounds, but it's such a cool sequence of the drunk dropping his beer bottle and our guy that's coming to recruit him. He's got to bring him back for another job. Unless you are doing it, you don't understand how hard it is to draw uh, a, an accurate-looking bottle in perspective, let alone three bottles on the same plane to make it feel like it's rolling. You could screw up these ellipses so easy. Here's the other thing. Whenever you have this many words, it's talking heads and exposition. How do you make those pages look exciting? Thankfully, it's probably Marvel method. So Galacy, at this point, he's been working with Munch a little while for sure. So he knows about the verbosity. Uh, I feel like there should have been a way to fuck with that uh, when in the drawing process. Like maybe don't leave so much space. For Munch, maybe then Munch has to edit himself a little bit and, and just get a couple of words in on, on, on the game. Man. It is such a uh, staple of that time period, the 70s, because the other video that we've looked at so far with Galacy is Saber, and that's Don McGregor. Yeah. That's another dude who is putting this kind of word count on the pages. But let's, let's remove the lettering and just look at presumably what the art would, would be if this is a Marvel Method book. And if Galacy's just drawing a hand and a head way over here... Like, the writer's going to take advantage of that space. Yeah, maybe, absolutely. Maybe don't give them all that space. I love these inset panels. You know, we, we, see a, we see a glass. We see the close-up of the eyes. And again, it's just how do you try to make this exciting? Because all we're doing is talking. Yeah. So a lot of pressure on that artist to deliver something that looks really cool. Like this. Like a ship, you know, with, uh, with those cranes that load, load cargo in and out. Pretty it's, interesting looking. It's such a rigorous work that he that Galacy only did it twice on the series right and and he had good inkers like his his work was strong as hell on 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 this comic you could just tell he was so inspired and i just don't know how he it would be impossible to do this on on a on a consistent basis yeah it's an amazing run for that for for my money for that reason because it does seem like you know, I always think of Bissett talking about whenever he was drawing Swamp Thing and it was like a six-week schedule. 
you know, to get an issue done and it catches up to you. And I feel like that's what you see here. You know, it's, it's very rigorous. And one of the glacy isms in his ink are these kind of like almost negative space where you've got really fine white in this case, like uh, folds in the sweater over here. You see it as like the highlights on the water. Um, those are things, the finer line is what I associate with Glacy uh, inking himself that way. Right. Dean Mullaney, who would go on to publish Sabre with a letter here in the uh, in the letters page express, expressing, uh, he recognizes what's going on. This was a special run. Absolutely, man. Like the, like the 70s was, uh, the writers were Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox of like Roy Thomas and, and, and Stan Lee. Uh, so you had that to deal with on the mainstream superhero stuff, kind of uninspired in a certain way and we get uh bad guys blowing up the the flat that they're in our waiting is over and finally we're down to the action it feels, i feel like that sums up the issue it's a spread too which good on marvel for keeping those two pages together yeah and you get a little bit of the highlights of action one of the staples of this series but uh, you know there are ebbs and flows because there's definitely you compare to Tomb of Dracula, and I think that's a good comparison. Because it's one writer, it is kind of like one long story. It is, yeah. So you definitely have issues that are a little more action-packed than others. But, man, whenever he does go action with the with the kung fu, pretty entertaining stuff. The colorist is really showing up also, by the way. Like, they're, they're, they're choosing some good colors throughout this issue. I like that magenta bricks. Mm -hmm. Um, you see him doing these silhouettes too. There's a couple of examples of that I should have pointed out as we went. I'm a fan of that kind of thing, but it's also just a way to, again, create some variety on these page layouts. You know, figure out how to make each panel exciting and make the page overall exciting. And Glacey's good at it uh, pretty much from the beginning. I'm not sure, I'm trying to think of what work I have of his that predates this, but you know, like this is pretty early in his career and he comes out of the gate just strong. Yeah. His kind of Art Institute legendary creator in a lot of ways. He is, yeah. Uh, he 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 burned bright for sure, and he was he was strong for a long time. That's that's for sure. Uh, but you can never get the Storenko out of it. You know that's such an important piece. Yeah, and I think it's part of his appeal. You yeah. know, Storenko is still a uh, fan favorite uh, in the '70s for sure, and I think that hey, if you're not going to get Stranko on a regular comic, you get a guy that has some of that DNA on the page. It's, yeah. And it's welcome. Yeah, it's it's very much like when the Image guys um, decided to be the monthly Art Adamses. You're not yes. going to you're not going to get a monthly Stranko. It's it's very rare that you get a Stranko comic, so Galacy's going to jump in and be your monthly Erzatz Stranko. Brings a lot to the table himself also. Yeah, absolutely. And if you see his work in black and white, He's so good spotting these blacks, you know, like even just making the room background black, it makes for a striking layout. You know, I, I, I say that because I see the silhouette and it makes me think about it. But, you know, you see it in his lighting, which if you're good at lighting, you're good at spotting blacks. It's yeah. really what it comes down to, especially in this era of comic books. And Glacy was one of the best at this time. And it fits a book, a book like this. It's noir. Mm -hmm. Yeah, such a fun one to look at. Uh, just like Tomb of Dracula, like I have it in mind to, to read through. Uh, the Shang-Chi stuff to just see see where they went with things. But it really, you can't read it one after another after another. It's really not built that way. So you read one, you let a little time pass, read the next issue, let a little time pass because of the redundancy. I would be curious what the thinking was for the writers at this time, because this is a 30-minute read. You know, like there are comics that are two-minute reads, right. 20 minutes, something like that. This is a big one, and I wonder if that's intentional on the writer's part where they're like, this one isn't for seven-year-olds. This yeah. is for, you know, the person who likes Destroyer books or whatever. And 
if you want to elongate the read, it's the same page count and stuff. You got to put in these words. So I wonder how intentional that is on the part of the writers, because some of it is definitely kind of kind of purpley prose and uh, a lot of exposition. Yes. Yeah. Which would suggest, uh, well, maybe 10 year olds can read this one. Man. <laughs> Good to go. Yes. Okay, favors like follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, tell the people what's out there, man. Hulk Grand Design, Monster Madness, that is in stores right now, and the oversized collection will be in stores in January. You need to pre-order that one from your local shop or wherever you buy books. Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, back in print after almost a year from Image Comics. It's eight complete full-color stories of the homeless ninja on a skateboard, perfect for you or the person you want to buy a gift for this holiday season. Red Room, trigger warnings. Red Room, the antisocial network uh, murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game. Each of these book collections contains four issues of the Red Room series. This is the 2021 season, 2022 season of Red Room comics. Each of those issues is self-contained, complete stories uh, between those covers, which makes each of these books self-contained. You see one of these on the rack, give it a shot. No, no matter which one it is, you dig it, grab the other. Uh, I'm serializing new Red Room comics on my Patreon right now before they hit print. Uh, three bucks a month will get you that subscription to the Patreon. More than 300 pages worth of stuff with new strips every Tuesday. Hit up my link tree in the description below this video to get to those destinations. Jimmy, what else do we have out there, man? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those marching orders, Jimmy, will be on our way. Read more comics.